Welcome to Making Great Men. This is your host, Papa G. Oh, it's so good to be back with you again this week on Making Great Men podcast. Thank you for coming on the journey with me. Uh, once again, just wanted to say thank you to all those who have sent in messages and emails, uh, especially in regards to the last podcast about strength. Uh, that's a, a D1 to me, as all three traits are. But the strength of values and the strength of character and the strength of conviction, big ones. They are the cornerstones. They are the things that drive chivalry and drive uh, kindness. And so I just want to thank all of those who are, uh, you know, have have commented and have been involved and and uh, shared it with their friends and their family. Thank you so much for doing that. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, today, I said last week that I was going to go into uh, self-awareness, but I'm going to actually pivot a little bit and just continue on this topic of uh, masculinity. I want to talk about being masculine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I want to talk about that is because it's out there. I keep getting get asked questions about it. Um, and so I wanted to hit it up a little bit more what it is and why this is important that we continue to display being masculine as men. But before we go into it, we're going to do something a little bit different today. We're going to get into the uh, interesting facts, and I actually have one of my daughters who's going to be showing the facts uh, today, so uh, let's have a listen to her right now. Welcome to today's Brain Break. Here are your interesting facts. Vending machines kill four times as many people per year than sharks do. Frederick Bohr invented the Pringles can. When he passed away in 2008, his ashes were buried in one. The average four-year-old child asks over 400 questions a day. Okay, now we know why you parents are so tired. A mouse can fit through a hole the size of a ballpoint pen. Humans completely replace their outer skin every month. Oh, that one grossed me out a bit. Of all the people in history that have reached 65 years of age, half of them are living right now. And that's your interesting facts of the day. Thank you to my beautiful girl for those interesting facts. But hang on a moment. Just let me go back to that last one. Of all people in history that have reached 65 years of age, half of them are living right now. What? (laughs) Does that mean a lot of people throughout history did not even get to 65 years of age? Or is it because we've got seven point something billion people on? Oh, anyway, my head hurts. That's a very interesting fact. So thank you for doing that to my beautiful girl. And uh, gentlemen, the reason why I wanted to do that up front is because what I want to speak about today, I just want to get through and say it uh, without having that interesting facts in the middle of it. So I still want to put them in there because they do get good laughs and they're, uh, they're fun to do and find actually. Uh, but let me, let, me, um, let me carry on with today's show in regards to masculinity. What is it? Why is it important that men are actually masculine? If you don't realize or haven't read it yet, our mission on Making Great Men podcast is inspiring men to embrace their unique identities and live as they were designed. Let me say that again. Inspiring men to embrace their unique identities and live as they were designed. That's right. I said unique identity and designed, not not evolved designed. I believe that men and women were made to be different and complementary by design. They're not homogenous, but unique. 
This is not only evident scientifically, gentlemen, but it's also with the use of common sense. You can see this. There doesn't seem to be a lot of common sense anymore. Maybe we should start calling it or change its name to advanced sense because <laughs> it's not common as much as we it used to be 20 years ago. You see, unfortunately for men, especially those under the age of 30, generally speaking, they've been given a twisted view of what being masculine means by our society, by media, TV, social media, entertainment, journalists, if you want to call them that. Today's podcast is about linking hands with all of the other men and women around the world who understand that this needs to stop. We need men to be masculine, very masculine. So what does it mean to be masculine? Well, see, masculine is an adjective, a describing word that shows the characteristics, behaviors, and qualities that traditionally have been associated with men. And when I say traditionally, I don't mean it's changed. It's still the same. Let me make that very clear. These traits can include things like this, physical strength, assertiveness, independence, confidence, competitiveness, and responsibility. I'll say that list again. Strength, physically, assertiveness, independence, confidence, competitiveness, and responsibility. But unfortunately, over the past one or two decades, society has been telling our young men that to display these qualities is toxic. That masculinity is toxic. Rubbish. That is complete and utter rubbish. No, gentlemen. It is not toxic. I stand with all the other men out there and women that think the same thing. Masculinity is not toxic. Displaying these traits covered in respect, honor, courage, kindness is not toxic. That is true masculinity. And that's what the world needs more of. We need young men to embrace their unique identity and live as they were designed. And I'm saying this specifically and repeatedly designed. And because there's a, there's a danger in telling men, you came from protoplasmic goo and you're going nowhere. When we tell men that, it means you came from nothing and you're going to nothing and your life means nothing. Once we instill that into young men, what does it do? They cast off restraint. They become undisciplined, unruly, and we see what's happening in our Western world at the moment. But when we're designed, it means we've come for a purpose, we're here on purpose, and there is something after we're gone that we've got to be accountable to by design. In other words, we need them to be taught and shown how to be competent and dangerous. Mm -hmm. You heard me. Dangerous. Competent and dangerous. Jordan Peterson, if you haven't heard who he is yet, you probably haven't been listening to many other things other than your music. <laughs> Jordan Peterson uh, is a world-renowned and highly, highly articulate uh, clinical psychologist. And he, he's, he puts down, he articulates it this way. If you are harmless, you are not virtuous. You're like a rabbit. A rabbit is not virtuous. It just can't do anything except get eaten. If you're a monster and you don't act monstrously, then you are virtuous. I'll repeat that because I want you to get it. If you are harmless, you're not virtuous. 
you're like a rabbit who isn't virtuous because it can't do anything except get eaten. But if you're a monster and you don't act monstrously, then you are virtuous. Let me give you an example. Batman is like this. Superman is like this. We love these heroes. Why? Because they have the capacity to hurt and destroy, but they choose not to. They choose to be good. That is virtuous. To all my Christian men out there, Jesus was like this. He's powerful. As a matter of fact, at one stage, when the Roman soldiers came to get him in order to to take him to be crucified, one of his disciples, Peter, attacked the Roman soldier that was trying to arrest Jesus. And what did Jesus do? He stopped him. He said, mate, hang on. He didn't say mate, but you get what I'm saying. Don't you know that I can call 12 legions or tens of thousands of angels to come right now? But he didn't. That's virtuous. For so long, we've said to young men, be passive, because being passive will stop you from being toxic. No, it does not. Gentlemen, I want you to hear this very, very carefully. Being passive does not stop you from being toxic at all. Why? Because passiveness is weakness, and weakness is the true evil. I'll give you examples. Those that shoot up schools are weak men. Those that rape and commit violence are weak men. Those that don't protect children are weak men. For instance, we want to mutilate the bodies and the hormones of young children because little Joey wants to play with a doll. And any man that doesn't stand up to that needs to take a long, hard look at himself. Let that child grow up to be an adult first so they can make their own adult decision. Weak men are the problem, not masculinity. Please understand this. I'll repeat what I said earlier. We need to teach and show our men how to be powerful and formidable or powerful and dangerous and then how to be peaceful. (laughs) Understand that. They need to be able to use a sword mightily, but they keep it sheathed. Not they don't know how to use the sword. Powerful and formidable, but teach them how to be peaceful because that's virtuous. Being powerful and formidable as a man, listen, means you can stand against the difficulties and burdens of life. That's why I am saying this. That's why Jordan Peterson says this. That's why Andrew Huberman says this, an an, an incredible research neuroscientist. Many men and women out there are saying the same thing over and over. This used to be common sense, but over the last 20 years, it's no longer common. Men need to be powerful and formidable, but peaceful, because it means they can stand up against the difficulties and the burdens of life. Bear the responsibility of providing and protecting for your family. That's masculinity. Please understand that. If you can't do that as a man, you will end up bitter. (laughs) Listen to that. You will end up bitter. And bitter men are weak men. Strong men. Men of character and true virtue. These are the ones that do the impossible things. These are the ones who climb the highest mountains. These are the ones who cross the deepest rivers. I want you to look around at our cities, and you've probably heard many other commentators talk about this, but let me speak about it as well. Look at the cities we all live in. Without men, they won't exist. 
Who's going to repair damaged electricity, electrical wires in storms? Work in the sewers, fix them up when they're damaged. Scale ridiculous heights to build skyscrapers and keep them functioning. Who's going to fix our cars? Even though they have permanently stained hands. Men run towards burning buildings and horrible accidents to rescue people. They plant, they grow, they harvest food in the hot sun. Men make and repair aeroplanes and trains. Men lay roads, they lay brick, they build houses that we all live in. And good men do these jobs faithfully with little complaint. They get up, they go to their job, they do it faithfully. They raise funds, they provide for their family, they come home, they look after their family, and they protect them. That's masculinity. That's masculinity. As a society, we should be thankful for men like this, not label them as toxic. Good, strong, formidable men who are courageous and virtuous is what our society needs more of. Gentlemen, this is the whole reason that I was talking about the traits, the three traits of being a great man. Kindness, chivalry, and strength of value, character, and conviction. Why? Because our society needs this. Good, strong, formidable men who are courageous and virtuous. That's what you can be. That's who you are on the inside. That's what you were designed to be, young man, old man, middle-aged man, whatever level or, or season of life you're in. If you're not this, you can be this. But understand something. Here's what we've done in our society over the last little while. What we've done is we've taken our rights. We talk about our rights for decades now. I have the right to, and that's fine. We've all fought for rights. We want women to have rights. We want men to have rights. Uh, no one's rights should trump any other rights. Uh, let's try to make them work. If there's some clashes, let's work with them. For instance, if a biological man wants to go into women's sports, there should be a no-no because his right or his right doesn't trample the right of a biological female and stamp out women's sports. I know some people are going to get upset at that. Really, I don't care, because that's the truth of it. But for decades now, we've talked about rights. But you know what we haven't done? Is we haven't looked at the other side of the coin of rights. The other side of the same coin is called responsibility. Rights and responsibility. Two sides of the same coin. Jordan Peterson once again says it this way. It is in responsibility that most people find the meaning that sustains them through life. It's not in happiness. It's not in impulsive pleasure. Those things are fleeting. It's in responsibility that we find meaning, which sustains our life. Another way of saying it is, you can't keep yourself happy by trying to keep yourself happy. You can't make yourself happy by trying to keep yourself happy. It's an ongoing, perpetual, downward spiral. Only in meaning. Only in responsibility can your life be sustained. So what does it mean to be a man? What does it mean to have masculine qualities? Where, where does it start? What's the line? And I've, I've talked about some of those qualities, and I'll, and I'll speak about them in a second. But the line is responsibility. It's not about the rights. It's not about the rights that you obtain. That means you, you can't just say, I have the right to be a man. No, no. You've got to earn manhood and masculinity. The difference between a boy and a man. 
The difference between a boy and a man, gentlemen, is not 18 years of age. It's not living for 18 years. The difference between a boy and a man is choosing to take on the responsibility of life. Work, family, burdens, problem solving, meaning, morality. Did you hear that? Morality. Legacy, leaving something for your children, leaving a deposit in them. Work, family, burden, problem solving, meaning, morality, legacy. That's the difference between a boy and a man. That responsibility, the responsibility of life. You see, to a degree, we have failed our men, especially those under 30, as I was was saying earlier. We didn't prepare them for rejection, for disappointment for hardships, for responsibility. We wanted to modicoddle them. We wanted to put, put cushions around them because some psychologists back in the early 2000s decided to say that, my goodness, if we say no to boys and girls and if we, if we uh, discipline them too hard, we're going to break their spirit. No, no, my friend, no. No, I've raised five children. One of, them, one of them is intellectually impaired. All of them were raised the same, obviously with their own certain types of boundaries because of their uh, uh, personalities, but it was the same. Here are the lines. Here are the boundaries. If you did something wrong, you got in trouble. If you didn't listen and you crossed the line, there was consequences for that. Sorry, I love you, but there's consequences. As a matter of fact, now that my children are, are in their late teens and early 20s, they thank me. They thank us for looking after them in this way because it was safety. It showed that we cared. It showed them that that there are rules and, and that now they're ready to take on life. And they see how their friends can't take on life, some of their friends, but they are. And so we haven't let our young people deal with disappointment and hardships and responsibility. That's sad. But gentlemen, The story does not need to end there. Gentlemen, listen. You can stand up and teach yourself these things. By listening to this podcast and others like it, reading books, taking up programs, instead of just playing games, getting on your Xbox and your PS5, going out for drive. All of those are wonderful, not a problem. But if you can spend five hours playing one game, seven hours, you can sit down and read a book. You can take up, look up, get up on the internet and start to understand what masculinity is. Start to do programs about it. Find places around you that can teach you this. Look for people in your world that exhibit these masculine qualities. I'll repeat them. Physical strength, assertiveness, independence, confidence, competitiveness, responsibility. But remember, they have to be covered in respect and honor and courage and kindness. Respect. Honor, courage, kindness, not arrogance and filth. None of that. You, you, don't, you don't need someone to be arrogant to teach you things. Narcissism, win-win atti- a win-lose attitude. No. You can have all of those things of being a man, physical strength and assertiveness and independence and confidence and competitiveness, but it can also be covered in respect, honor, courage and kindness. That's the difference. That's when someone is formidable and powerful, yet virtuous. But let me make something clear. Let me make something very, very clear. Masculinity comes in varying degrees. I want you to understand this. You don't have to be barrel-chested like I am and barrel, uh, 
barrel midsection. <laughs> you don't need to look like a silverback gorilla like I do in order to be masculine. No, because we're not all super competitive. We're not all super strong. We're not all highly confident or powerfully assertive. However, men, you can develop these things in you because you were designed to be this way. These traits are already in you. If you don't have them, it means something has not developed right in some way. But don't think that it needs to look a certain way. Just because someone is ultra competitive and they're, they're, they're in the Olympics doesn't mean they're more masculine than you. No. But it does mean competitiveness means that you want to do better. You want to be better. That's what it means. You can develop that in you. Understand that I have known men who've seemed soft or timid or compliant, but they will rip your head off if you hurt their family. They will stand and protect the weak and defend the innocent if they had to. These same men I would trust my life with because they are the ones who would run into a burning building to help people. That's the difference. That's the difference. That's what it means to be masculine. It's not about size and stature and muscle. It's about the ability to take on those things of, of strength and assertiveness and independence and confidence. Don't paint a picture of what they should be like. Having confidence is not arrogance. Understand this. Having confidence is in how you were designed, not to be arrogant to rule over other people. That's tyranny. That's not manhood. Again, that's just a boy child. Understand this. Now, finally, men, I want to I leave you with this final thought. And I left this to the last bit today because I wanted you to um, remember this. Being masculine also means being able to share how you feel. Yep, feelings. Listen to me. To share how you feel about life's pressures when so with, with someone you trust. So being masculine is not just those traits. I wanted to leave this to the final point because I want you to get it. Learning how to share your feelings about life's pressures with someone you trust, whether it's a safe partner of yours who can handle this information. Okay, If they can't, don't put the pressure on them. Find a close friend, a mentor, a coach, a spiritual leader. Find one of these people and ask them to teach you how to trust them and open up to them. This is very important, gentlemen. Please listen. It's very important that you do this. If you don't have someone in your life like that, take time. Start looking for those people around you. Uh, if you need to pay for someone to do that, I can assure you, pay for it. It is worth it. Spend three months, six months, 12 months. Pay someone if you have to for them to teach you how to you how, for you to be able to share your feelings because it's important that you do this. You need someone in your life that can speak into your world and advise you, even if you don't necessarily agree with them, because you're not going to on certain things because you're not going to be able to see it, but they may be able to see it, something that you can't see. Do you think that Tiger Woods coach, who couldn't play as well as Tiger, um, how, did, how did Tiger Woods become such a great golf player? Not because... Uh, his coach was a great golf player, as great as he was, no. But his coach knew how to get the best out of Tiger Woods and what's, what was inside of him in regards to golf. And Tiger would have had to listen. I, I wonder, what are the things that the, the coach is saying to Tiger when Tiger was at the top of his game? Whatever it was, it was working. 
You see, when we open ourselves up and are transparent to these mentors in our life, we flourish. We absolutely flourish. Not doing this will cause you to become isolated. Listen, gentlemen, you become isolated, inverted, selfish, strange, and eventually weak. And weak men become passive. And passive men let evil men prevail. We don't need to be passive men. We don't need to be weak men. We need strong men, virtuous men. Masculinity is needed. Gentlemen, you were designed to have a unique identity and the world, especially our Western world, needs you to embrace it. Strength, assertiveness, independence, confidence, competitiveness and responsibility. Covered in honour, respect, kindness and loyalty. Go and be the man you were designed to be. Listen. Listen to those around you. Let them teach you. Look for those that can bring the best out in you as a masculine man. Get those qualities. Kindness and respect and, and, and honor and courage in who you are. You were designed to be that, gentlemen. I know you can do it. I know you can. I believe in you. Uh, gentlemen, thank you so much. And look, I want to say thank you to the ladies too, because I am getting some messages from from women saying that they're really enjoying these podcasts. And so thank you for listening and coming on this journey as well. I appreciate that. It's great having you with me on this journey to making great men. Have a brilliant day. Have a good week ahead. I'll see you next time.